0: What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. 30 seconds and counting. There were plenty of years where there were guys who would dread being drafted by the Buffalo Bills. Not anymore. Astronauts report it feels good.
1: minutes, 25 seconds.
0: Brandon Bean realizes they're in a window of two to three years max to get this done while the iron's still hot. And getting Von Miller into that situation was big for the Bills. 10, 9... Oh-ho-ho, baby. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero.
2: Oh-ho-ho,
0: baby. What is up, Buffalo fanatics? Z-Bot here with you. Monday night, it can only mean one thing. It's the Smoke Break live here on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel. So glad you decided to spend your Monday evening with me because this week, folks, it's officially game week. We have football coming our way this week, the Hall of Fame game, just four short days away, Thursday night, finally commences the preseason. And we're just a few short weeks, weeks away from actual football. I think we're 12 exact days from the first Bills preseason game. So we are rocking and rolling. What is up to everybody here in the chat? D Rowley, my man, Eric, what's up? Big baller bean in the building, David Reed. Shout out to everybody here tuning in live on the Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you happen to be tuning in. And hello from the past, if you're listening on podcast or Later on down the road, I'll take it any way I can, baby. But those live, I appreciate you joining me tonight. So yes, like I said, we are uh, we are getting closer and closer. I say it every week, but it's the truth. Every time I see it, we're one week closer. This week's a little bit more exciting because even though it's the Hall of Fame game, and you know, by the time the second quarter rolls around, you won't know anybody out in the field. It's still football. we got Bills preseason football right around the corner as well. I'm going to training camp for the first time this year on Thursday. Very excited about that. And then the Bills have their first scrimmage of the year at the Ralph Friday night. So I'm sure a lot of you who are in the Buffalo area will be going to that. That is super exciting. I'm pumped to get out to camp. If anybody's going on Thursday, give me a shout. Let me know. Maybe we can uh, link up. I always love seeing everybody. Uh, I know my man, Ev, who's in the back right now pulling all the triggers for me. He's going to be there Thursday. He's going to be there as well tomorrow. I'm going to bring him on later in the show. Talk to him about what he expects to see tomorrow in training camp. We are one week in the books, folks. One week of Buffalo Bills training camp in the books. We are going to be recapping everything that we have heard thus far out of Bills training camp, um, including some, you know, things that may or may not have made the headlines. I'm sure you've heard about it. Uh, you've heard about. A lot of things, I think, this past week because this has been a loaded week for NFL news. I mean, you know, we we really got blessed this year. Not only was it the greatest offseason perhaps ever, just as far as, you know, the moves that were made, the constant, constant blockbuster news stories that would cross your screen on a daily basis, but there was also really never any downtime. I mean, there was maybe a week or two. Max, It felt like where there was like nothing going on, but that was about it. And this past week, you know, consequently with the preseason coming up, of course, all the other news stories and and all this other, you know, the loose ends that need to be tied up within the league. Whether we're talking about the Kyler Murray contract, whether we're talking about, um, you know, DK Metcalf getting his contract or Debo Samuel getting his contract, just so much going on but we start today with the biggest news story in all of sports not only the NFL but all of sports of course we've been waiting a long time to find out what was going to happen to Deshaun Watson and his fate as far as his NFL season in 2022 was concerned well today we found out the verdict the top story today Deshaun Watson suspended for the first six games of the NFL season now if you take a look at what the Cleveland Browns are set to take on as the season kicks off. You'll notice that the bills do miss that window. The bills play the Cleveland Browns week 11. Now we take a look at the Browns' schedule. And I had told you guys from the jump that I had felt that I can't judge who I think these Cleveland Browns are going to be this coming season until I find out what the status is on Deshaun Watson. I had been very vocal in thinking that they were going to give Deshaun Watson a full season. As soon as the extras came out over the last you know, month or so where there were more and more women coming out with allegations against Deshaun Watson, I had felt that there was no other option for the NFL but to suspend him a full year. Obviously, that did not happen. So what we find out today is Deshaun Watson gets six games. I had felt that at the bare minimum, it would be a half season, which would be more around eight games, six games felt like what would be the bare minimum as far as suspension is concerned, concerned for Deshaun Watson. That's what he gets on top of that. As of right now, as of this moment, no monetary penalties either for Deshaun Watson. He got $15 million of his guaranteed money yesterday, full in his pocket. The way his contract was structured, being it all guaranteed, mostly in the signing bonus, Deshaun Watson takes like a $300,000 hit or something like that for this six-game suspension. Absolute best case scenario if you're the Cleveland Browns and you're Deshaun Watson. Now, of course, this can be appealed by both parties, although Deshaun Watson's camp says they will not appeal it. Why would they? This was definitely the best outcome that could have happened for him. The NFL can appeal it but you have to wonder if they will the way that this was handled it was handled by a third-party mediator that is who wound up making the verdict on the uh the case the one who decided ultimately the fate of Deshaun Watson and his suspension term Goodell was not the one to make this decision I know that's very confusing it used to be Roger Goodell it's not that way anymore the way the NFLPA and the NFL got together and agreed upon things they decided that you know Roger Goodell should not have ultimate power and say when it comes to certain circumstances, this one in particular. So because of that, the NFL does have an opportunity to appeal the ruling. He could potentially be suspended uh, longer than six games right now. I don't anticipate it, but as of, you know, this current moment, we just do not know. All we do know is as of right now, Deshaun Watson suspended six games. Now you look at the playoff picture for the AFC because ultimately the Cleveland Browns with Deshaun Watson as their quarterback are an immediate contender in the AFC for one of those seven playoff spots. I don't think it's any coincidence. If you look at the Cleveland Browns schedule to start the season off, it is one of the easiest schedules in the league. And I don't think that's any, I don't think that's. Any coincidence? I truly don't. It was inevitable Deshaun Watson was going to be suspended for at least some amount of time. But if you look at the six games that the Browns have to go and and take on to start the season off, they are beyond blessed to be facing who they're facing to start the year. Carolina Panthers week one, New York Jets week two, Pittsburgh Steelers week three, Atlanta Falcons week four, LA Chargers week five, New England Patriots week six. You look at that schedule with Jacoby Brissett and the roster that the Browns have three and three to me right there off the bat. Just the way I look at it doesn't seem out of the, out of the question. Then you get to Sean Watson back for games that truly, truly matter, truly get interesting because once the Sean Watson comes back, his first game back on an NFL football field, a real live game for the first time in almost two years, he'll be taking on Lamar Jackson, on the road. He then takes on inner division rival AFC representative in the Super Bowl last year. The Cincinnati Bengals right before they go into their bye week, they take on AFC East opponent Miami Dolphins, hopefully knock them one uh, knock them down a peg once before we take them on. The Buffalo Bills play Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns week 11 in Buffalo and I'll just say this folks I'm not going to spend too much time on the Deshaun Watson situation by now we've covered it enough you know by now we have just we've been waiting for the inevitable ruling today we got it I will say this I have never been more stoked to have a team travel to Buffalo to play a game the environment in which Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns will be greeted with in Buffalo on that week 11 Sunday afternoon is going to be a sight unlike you've ever seen. All I know is if I know Bills Mafia, if I know this this fan base, they are going to make sure that they are heard at this game as they come in to take on our Buffalo Bills. I can promise you that. It will be the fourth game back for Deshaun Watson, and it is going to be a madhouse in Buffalo not only because of all the circumstances surrounding his situation, but because by that point in the season, there are definitely going to be major implications as far as that game is concerned, moving towards the playoffs, that atmosphere in Buffalo against Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns is going to be a madhouse. Let's not forget on top of everything else that has happened surrounding Deshaun Watson in the recent you know, years here, the last time the Bills saw Deshaun Watson face to face, he made one of the most obscene plays I have ever seen on a football field. Dodging two defenders in a way that I still to this day watch that highlight and do not understand how he got out of it. Breaks the tackle down the field, boom. Playoff chances, or excuse me, the aspirations of moving on and winning a playoff game that year crushed by the hands of Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. Now, ironically, after that game, both Deshaun Watson's career and the Houston Texans organization have taken a major nosedive. This game right here for Deshaun Watson against the Buffalo Bills will be one of those opportunities for him to get back into some sort of resurgency, to put his name back on the map as far as one of the elite quarterbacks in the league is concerned. Don't think for a second him going into Buffalo and trying to beat the Buffalo Bills wouldn't be a major statement for a guy who hasn't played football in well over a year. The Bills are going to make sure that they are greeted in the most non-hospitality type way. And I absolutely cannot wait for that game. Cannot wait for that game. That's a game I had circled off the bat just because of the roster, just because of the fact that I look at Cleveland, I've always looked at Cleveland as a very similar organization to Buffalo. It's always been a rivalry to me, even though it really hasn't at the same time. But you add all these other little elements to it, and I think there's a deep, I mean, I know, I know how I feel. I know how I feel. The last time I saw Deshaun Watson out on that field and what he did to us as fans, I know how I feel. You add that on top of what I think will be a stadium full of animosity towards the Cleveland Browns, the way they handled this situation, the organization, the way that they went about things completely discombobulating the way a quarterback should be paid. His contract should be negotiated Deshaun Watson's personal situation. It is going to be a madhouse and I cannot wait. So Deshaun Watson, as of right now suspended six games, the NFL can appeal. We will see if they will, but week 11 folks circle it. Can't wait. That is when the bills will take on. Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns going to be a tough sledding for them prior to that outside of the games in which he's not starting the games in which Deshaun Watson gets back. It's going to be tough. So it'd be very interesting to see him back on the field, how he handles it. You know how it goes. If you don't play football for that long of a, of, of a period of time, I mean, that's like dog years when it comes to your career. I mean, not playing football for that long, who knows David Reed coming in with the super chat. Appreciate you, Dave, as always, Dave says, Sue L Robinson must've got paid off with the other 24 women, sad day for all females. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I agree, David. It it is just, here's my issue with the situation uh, before I put a bow on it tonight. What I don't understand as far as the NFL's uh, judicial system, so to speak is concerned. I don't understand the way that certain aspects of the conduct policy being violated are handled. Why is it that Calvin Ridley gets a full game or a full season, excuse me, a full season suspension for gambling on his own team? Why does, that, why does that levy a full year suspension when a situation like this that has been an absolute blemish the size of my entire head on the, on the league's image this entire offseason, how does that not result in a similar, if not worse, punishment? I understand that there are two different situations, but the NFL has to look at situations like this and understand what the public perception is going to be. Clearly, nobody is satisfied with this today. Everybody thought it would be higher. Jason Miller coming in. He's got a super chat as well. Why aren't more upset at the female arbitrator who ultimately gave the decision, not the NFL? So you want to know what, Jason, this this is what I come to with this question. I think it's because the majority of people don't realize that that is who made the ruling. I think a lot of people think that the NFL is the... The, uh, the the singular party here that decided Deshaun Watson's fate this season. It's not the case. If it were up to the NFL, Deshaun Watson wouldn't be playing this season. Simply put, that would be the reality. That was not the case. It is now handled by that third party in order to get a mutual party involved between the NFLPA and the NFL itself. I think a lot of people do not realize that. Because I mean, why would you? It's not like it's constantly, you know, advocated or advertised. Everybody assumes, the sh- uh, you know, Roger Goodell is calling all the shots. So it, it'll be—it's it, very interesting to me what the out, you know, what the uh, what the overall outcome of something like this has on the NFL. Because all I can see today, and I understand it completely. I mean, you, you see DeAndre Hopkins six games. For PEDs, very small trace of PEDs. Now, I'm not advocating for PEDs at all. Obviously not. You're cheating the game. And whether you had this much in you or this much in you, you're still in violation of the code. But how is it that a PED violation is six games? Deshaun Watson with 24 allegations, of which the allegations were, how is that six games? So many questions here. Unfortunately, not a whole lot of answers. But as of right now, like I said, Deshaun Watson, six games. Time will only tell how this winds up affecting the rest of the league moving forward as far as disciplinary actions are concerned for those throughout the league. All right, moving on to perhaps the biggest storyline out of Buffalo this week. And at first, I think this was ultimately one of those moments where you were on one side of the fence or the other. Bills training camp just last week. Footage broke out. Josh Allen in a bit of a tussle with Jordan Phillips near the goal line. Josh Allen runs a QB sneak, so to speak. Now listen, I'm not, I'm not Ken Dorsey. I'm not a football coach. And I've been told that they run this QB draw daily with Josh Allen having the red jersey on. I don't know how often I would do that personally. I'm not putting the blame on that specific. Situation. I'm just saying I don't know how beneficial it is, especially when you're not hitting to have Josh Allen do that. I mean, I could just we saw him slip on somebody's ankle in the Monday night game against Tennessee. I just don't know how. I don't know if the I don't know if it's risk reward where the risk or where the reward outweighs the risk to have Allen run a bunch of QB draws in practice. That's just me. I digress. Doesn't really have anything to do with this situation, but that was the play in which it happened. Now, we're going to take a look here. We're going to go watch the play. And I'm going to break down the certain elements of it that I, you know, that immediately stood out to me, what I think about this particular situation, and what I ultimately think was the, the main discovery that I had from this situation. I want to get your guys' thoughts on it as well. Please make sure to get in those comments for me. Let me know what you thought about the fight, quote unquote, as it's being called, between Josh Allen and teammates in Bills practice the other day. I'm going to queue it up right now. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna scroll through it very you know slow like because there's elements of it that it kind of it it, there's elements of it to me that, that stick out that are worse than others. We're gonna run it through one time, then I'll go back in kind of slow mode. So here it is. So as you can see, there's a snap. Allen through the hole, and he immediately gets pissed. Allen's pissed. Allen initiates this. There's no denying that. Allen 100% initiates the fight. Now it kind of dies down here. I mean, on face value here, let's just be realistic. This is a whole lot of nothing, folks. You ever played a contact sport before? You ever played a contact sport before? You ever played a sport that involves hitting somebody else? I have. Let me tell you what. it It is very easy to get pissed off at somebody. I used to play contact sports with my best friends. There was a kid I used to play with on my lacrosse team. I'll never forget. He... He was a deep pole. I played attack D pole. He used to lay slashes on us in practice like he was sawing wood out behind the shed. I mean, he would take this metal pole in practice your buddy and he would hit you like he was trying to swing a baseball 400 feet over the fence. And there were times where you would literally, you would take one from him or you'd beat him or whatever else. And you would get right up into his face, almost to the port of fighting. But guess what happened when the practice was over and we got into the locker room? We're joking around, talking about what we're going to do tonight. Who's hanging out where? What's going on? That's contact sports, folks. So if at face value you looked at this and thought, "Oh, geez, Josh Allen, oh, man, I don't know. Bit of a thug if you ask me. Stop it. That is the last thing that should be thought of by anybody within the Bills community. I'm going to get into why I think the other people outside of the Bills community have that thought. But here we go. Let's watch it through again bit of a slow motion here. So Allen, you know, it's a, it's like a fake screen and he pulls it in right off the left block and he goes in now you can see you can see Jordan Phillips hits him a little late. That that right there is what causes the initial frustration from Allen. Now, like I had just mentioned, maybe the reason I don't run a play like this is because, uh, well, guess what? If you're trying to avoid Allen getting hit, him running a QB draw into 11, 300-pound men is going to result in him probably getting a little hit. I mean, that's just probably going to happen. You're running off the left block of the center. You're probably going to hit somebody. Now, granted, I think Jordan Phillips does get him a little late here, but he tries to hold up. I, I can't even tell exactly. Yeah, he gets him a little late here, right? Yes, okay. Now Allen comes out. Now that immediately pisses him off. He's immediately pissed. So he gets he gets up right into Phillips' face. He shoves him. Now, right now, right right here is where you got to realize this is the same Josh Allen that we have seen, for example, in the Dallas Cowboys Thanksgiving game. Fumble a ball, pick it up, dive over three guys to get a first down. Pick up, uh, you know, the first down and and scream like he's. You know, at a, at a heavy metal concert. This is the same Josh Allen we saw come on the sidelines during the Chiefs game, screaming his head off with passion, the same Josh Allen that we've seen quite literally truck stick a Miami Dolphins linebacker to get an extra couple yards. The reason he's as good as he is, the reason he is tenacious as he is on the field in a real game is because that is who he is instinctually on the field. Doesn't matter who you're going against, right? Here's a perfect example. He's got the red shirt on, right? He gets hit a little late. It's not like he wanted to make an example out of Jordan Phillips. That was just initial heat of the moment reaction. And it means absolutely nothing. And of course, Josh Allen goes on Twitter today and he just goes and says, Hey, that's football. Just like I said earlier, that's contact sports. That's football. It's all love. And that's all that it is. Now here to me is what bothered me the most. It's not even this, this to me, whatever. now granted Jordan Phillips needs to be smarter. I don't care if Josh Allen shoves you back off. Okay. You're not winning a game this year if Josh Allen's not starting. So the less likely you are to put him in a scenario where this happens, the better granted. It's the same thing I just said about Josh Allen in regard to Jordan Phelps. I can't blame him. It's a heat of the moment thing. Allen shoves you. Yeah. He's going to get pissed off. You react. You would hope there would be a bit more wherewithal there. It's your starting quarterback a quarter billion dollar guy, the guy who is going to be the lifeline of this franchise for a decade plus to come, but it is a heat of the moment type thing. What I don't understand here is as the as it as it progresses here and the scrum continues to build, what are we doing here? Gabe Davis, what are we doing? Gabe Davis, what are you doing, sir? You are going to be going into a season in which you are expected to be one of the best young wide receivers in this league, the solidified wide receiver two on this team. There is not a there, – there, you could argue there's maybe two players more important on the Bills' offense right now than Gabriel Davis, and he's running into this scrum with Josh Allen in there, mind you, and he's jumping on it like he's jumping into the pool. This, to me, was the most egregious part of it. I have seen people get hurt over way less. Believe me. I, pl- I was playing pickup basketball with my best friend in high school, and he goes up for a layup. I'm not even kidding you. On a six-foot rim, we're just dicking around. He goes up for a layup on a six-foot rim. He comes down, lands awkwardly on his ankle, completely shattered. His, shatters his knee, bedridden for eight months, had to get multiple surgeries over a layup on a six-foot rim in our buddy's driveway. I have seen people get injured over way less. Gabe Davis, I'm so glad nobody – I'm so glad that this didn't result in anything because if it did, it would have been the dumbest thing I have ever seen in my life when it comes to getting somebody hurt or whatever else because it's so avoidable. I understand skirmishes popping up and, and, and people getting heated, but Gabe Davis is running from outside of the screen to dive in. It gets worse. Stephon Diggs does the same thing. There he goes. Okay, <laughs> There's Stephon Diggs. You are talking about the two most important players on offense outside of Josh Allen, quite literally jumping on top of Josh Allen in a dog pile. That to me was the biggest problem I had with it. I get it. Tempers boil over. You don't need to be doing whatever this is. You don't need to be mosh pitting like you're at rage at a key bank. You just simply don't. So that's what I, that was what I took away from it. That to me is like, that to me was the most egregious aspect of it. Now, as time went on, of course, you know, this, this gets way, way more. um, It gets way taken, it gets way more taken out of context. than, of course it should have, right? Wait, is somebody saying that that you guys couldn't see that the whole time? Are you got to be kidding me? Are you kidding me? Evan coming in with the back. Oh my Christ. Was I? <sighs> it's always something Scotty coming in with a super chat. Oh, I love you. I'm so sorry. Good God. That was not smart by Josh Allen getting into a fight. I know it gets heated out there, but come on, he is supposed to be the captain of the team and where are the coaches to break it up? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's got, I totally agree. And you would like to think that Josh Allen would be a bit smarter in that situation. Of course. But like I just mentioned, I mean, we've all been in situations where things do boil over. But I agree with you completely. I would, I would much rather have it if Josh Allen just decided to, hey, buddy, don't hit me next time. Jay Phillips, for God's sakes, you know, you're going nowhere without me. You're going nowhere without me, boy. Uh, you're going nowhere without me, dude. You're going nowhere without me and the boys that are currently on this field right now. So do your best to not hurt any of us, please. Right? But it happens. It absolutely happened. The problem I had with this entire situation, and I'm sorry you couldn't see that. I, I hope to God I was descriptive enough where it made sense to you. The podcast, the podcast crew here is going to get a kick out of that. How in the hell did you not see it? I'm playing it right now. Can you see it now? You can see it now at full screen. Does it go away now? Is it gone now? That's what it is. Click to exit full screen. Unbelievable. Hey, Evan, next time, mission control in the background, hop on, give me an earful next time. I'll break it down for you real quick one more time on the small screen. Not that I feel like I have to, you've all seen it by now, but what I was, what I was talking about, what I was getting really mad about, is you can see here, you know, you got Gabe Davis jumping in there and you got Stephon Diggs jumping in there. I'm sweating talking about it, dripping, how passionate I was getting into that. You couldn't even freaking see it. Ah... All right, but I want to get into this because, to me, this, of course, is the way that these things go when social media is involved, right? Everything is taken out of context. Before I get into that aspect of things, Jason Miller coming in with another Super Chat. Jason, you are the man. Maybe it was a play off of, remember, the Titans. Left side strong, side, then the team celebrating. <laughs> I guess you could be right. I guess you could be right. Although, in that, in that aspect, I don't know if uh, – I don't know if you have your two best players jumping on top of your $250 million quarterback, but Hey, I'm not the guy out here. I'm not the guy out here drawing the plays up. Right. I'm not, the, I'm not the guy. I'm not Ken Dorsey. Like I said, I don't know. Cause somebody was talking earlier. I saw somebody on Twitter the other day. They were like, um, who the hell runs a red shirt? Uh, who the hell runs a non-contact QB sneak? And I was thinking to myself, yeah, wait a minute. Why do they do that? And then one of the reporters, I forget who they're like, the guy. one of the reporters responded to the guys like pretty much multiple times every single day. And I'm like, well, shit, what do I know? What do I know? Once again, I've told you this a million times, a big old pile of nothing, a big old goose egg, right? Big old pile of nothing. But one thing I do know is that people love to take aspects of stuff like this and blow it completely out of proportion, right? Everybody loves seeing stuff like this because it gives them something to talk about. Quite obviously, I'm talking about it right now. But I'm just trying to I'm just trying to justify it, right? I'm just trying to give you the play by play, my personal thoughts. I'm not trying to make it into something that it isn't because quite literally it is nothing. It is nothing, but football players doing football things, these are alpha men with testosterone levels that you couldn't even imagine, looking like phone numbers, right? They're going to get into it every now and then. But of course, you got everybody and their mother who's not a Bills fan on Twitter saying, "Oh, josh allen oh you are a bad bad apple josh allen you're a thug you're a bad leader the bills are going down this season there's no team camaraderie they hate each other look at them they're fighting are you out of your mind are you out of your damn mind you want to know what i'm gonna do right now it's gonna it's it's something that i thought i would never do Mainly because I never thought we'd have a quarterback that I could use this guy to to back up our quarterback with, I'm going to show you a couple of things that our boy Tom Brady used to do back in the day. Now, Tom Brady, we know this as Bill's fans. we've watched him plenty of times, haven't we? We've watched him plenty of times. We've seen John, We've seen Tom Brady plenty of times, more than I'd ever like to be, or more than I'd ever like to, right? And what did we know? to expect from tom brady quite often a lot of this a lot of chirping right tom brady whether he was in the year of a teammate quite oftentimes the ref a coach it was a lot of this and what did we do as bills fans we looked at tom brady when he did that and we said oh What a baby. Right. Poor sport. Screw Tom Brady. Look at him. Look at him. All he does is bitch and moan. That's why we can't stand him. No, the reason we couldn't stand Tom Brady is because he kicked our ass every single time we played him. And the reason people right now want to use a video like this to make Josh Allen look bad and spin it in a way that it shouldn't, because it quite literally doesn't mean what they're trying to make it mean, is because they hate Josh Allen the way we hate Tom Brady. Now, don't take this out of context. Josh Allen is not Tom Brady yet, right? Don't. Make this into something that it is and don't take this out of context. What I'm saying is when you have to go against a guy like Josh Allen and you don't have a guy like Josh Allen, case in point, the Miami Dolphins and their fan base, you're jealous and you're looking for ways to hate the guy because he's kicking your ass week in and week out. No, no. Cause when it gets down to brass tacks, yeah, we hated when Brady was pitching and moaning and we hated when he was on the podium saying what, but basically we hated him doing anything, right? We basically hated the guy opening his mouth. We hated him because he kicked our ass every single time. He absolutely took us to the cleaners week in and week out. That's why we hated him. That is why we hated him. We didn't really hate anybody else. You know, we didn't hate Chad Pennington. Right. We didn't hate Chad Pennington. We didn't hate Ryan Tannehill when he was in Miami. No, why would we? We hated Tom Brady because he kicked our ass. And the reason that everybody wants to take a video like this from Josh Allen and use it to make him look bad is because they hate that he's better than their guy. I want you to take a look at some of the stuff that Tom Brady did back in the day and ask yourself, was he a poor sport, a bad teammate, a bad player, or was he just in the moment losing his shit because he's a football player? Let's take a look. Because at the time, I know what I would have said. But now that I look back on it, I know what it actually was. Here's Tom Brady back in the day, sideline. Our boy Bill, uh, Bill O'Brien, or my boy at least, from Penn State, former Penn State head coach. Now God knows what he's doing. But look at Bill O'Brien here. I mean, Brady's lathering him up right now. They're going at it on the sidelines. They're winning by a touchdown, by the way, currently at the moment of this game. Now here, here's another example against the Bills. Josh McDaniel. Brady is this close to headbutting him. Look at him. He is more pissed than you could imagine. Ripping Bill O'Brien apart here on the sideline in the game with her up a touchdown. He's already got, what, four rings at this point? Look at him. He's blowing a gasket. And then here he is. This is the worst one right here. Josh McDaniels here. I mean, look how close he gets to hitting him with his helmet here. Freaking out. Going off. Screaming. Screaming. And I remember everybody outside of Pat's nation, right? Including myself was using this to try to dog Brady. And it's just like what everybody did during Brady's entire tenure in new England, they brought him to court for God's sakes, over in deflated footballs they wanted to do. And when I say they, I mean, quite literally everybody who wasn't a Patriots fan, they did whatever they could to make Brady look bad because he was the goat. So I go over here to Twitter, of course, the place where there's nothing but rational thoughts in sunshine and fairy tales. I scroll through Twitter, and this is what I see. And I don't want to just call out Mr. Dean here, a Miami Dolphins reporter. I don't want to just call him out. Because, it, well, he wasn't the only one, and I'll get to another example in a second, but he wasn't the only one taking shots at the Bills. But he quote tweets the pic, the video of Josh Allen getting in the tussle with Jordan Phillips, and this was the same day that Tua Tungabailoa finally decided he was capable of completing a pass deeper than 25 yards, and this was the response. Tua throwing long tutties and the Bills falling apart You'll love to see it. That is something I would have tweeted when Tyrod Taylor finally completed a touchdown in practice. That made me excited, and Tom Brady was bitching at Josh McDaniels on the sideline. I'm man enough to admit it, right? That is something. That is the exact tweet I would. I would. Let's just sub the whole thing out. Say the video of Tua throwing that 65-yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill was Tyrod Taylor throwing a 65-yard touchdown to whoever. Uh, I don't know. You name it. Literally anybody. I can't even think of anybody right now. But just, you you know, run with me here. Let's completely sub out the situation. You got Tyrod Taylor in place of Tua Tungabailoa, and you got uh, a Bills wide receiver, in place of Tyreek Hill, and we see that beautiful ball get completed. Yeah, I don't know why I'm blanking here. Yeah, great, thank you. I don't know what I'm doing here. Chevy says Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods. Well, let's go, Robert Woods. I like that. I like that. I don't know why I was just having a complete ulcer there. I think it's just because I'm getting, I'm, I'm in it right now. You know, I'm there. I'm there. Just run with me. All right, so we got We got our. We got our hypothetical here. Tyrod Taylor, right? Who I think is better than. Tua tonga Loa, by the way, I don't want to get that twisted. I'm just saying Tyrod Taylor in place of Tua, Robert Woods in place of Tyreek, 65-yard bomb at Bill's training camp. Oh, my God, we're losing it. We're losing our mind. We're going nuts. Oh, my God, it's the year. It is the year, baby. We are going the distance. Tyrod, I'm thinking MVP, Robert Woods. We're talking potential wide receiver records that could get shattered It's going to be the year. And the same day I go on Twitter. Oh, my God, Tom Brady, man. He's fighting with his team. Tom Brady's fighting with his team. He's getting into it with the linemen. He's bitching at the coaches. They're they're mosh-pitting on the field. Oh, it is over in New England. Done. Forget it. New England, the dynasty is over. Tom Brady, you are a bad sport. You're a bad leader. You're never going to make it in this league downfall incoming this season and us bills are going to lap you because finally Tyrod made that connection in that beautiful deep ball that we just saw in, in a, uh, in a late July practice. The re and I am sweating hard right now. You can tell. Yeah, I got, I got some people in here. Uh, yeah, you got, you guys got good eyes. You know how it goes. You know how it goes. I got these bright lights going I'm talking about the dolphins, which who pissed me off. Talking about Josh Allen who fires me up. We're talking about fighting, baby. I'm going to get going, right? But that is what it all comes down to. Everybody who had something to say negatively about Josh Allen getting into a little skirmish with his teammates at the end of practice, anybody who took that and used that as some sort of negative or try to spin that into some sort of negative connotation around the Bills and Josh Allen, they're only doing that because they're scared. They're scared and they don't have Josh Allen. It's a combination of things that we are used to as Bills fans. And it kind of brings me into my next point here. And it's and it's about the Tua situation, right? Because this is what you do when you're an organization who is just grasping for straws. You do things like this, right? You use the Josh Allen fight video as fuel to make it seem like you're getting a leg up on the bills and the bills are collapsing. Anybody who knows this team, who knows Josh Allen, frankly, who has a set of eyes can look at that and just know, take it for face value for what it is. It is nothing. It is grown men, grown athletes, pro athletes here getting into it a little bit at the end of practice because somebody bumped into somebody else. Like Josh says here, you're damn right. It's great to be on the opposite end. And the only way that you can reflect on what we used to be like, right, is when you get to that other side. We wouldn't admit any of this, right? Maybe we knew it deep down, you know, all those years where we said this is the year, whatever. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Just admit to yourself before the game starts. What are you going to do? Or the season starts. You're just going to admit to yourself that this whole season is going to be worthless to watch. You're not going to do that. That's why we did this every year, right? But I never thought that we were this egregious about it. At least I don't think I was. I don't think I ever went on to Twitter and said, I got to tell you right now, man, t- uh, Tyrod or Ryan Fitzpatrick or, you know, Kyle or an EJ Manuel, whatever. I'm telling you right now, man, the answer. You didn't see me when, t- when, when, when the Bills signed Terrell Owens. I didn't hop on Twitter and I, I, I didn't say, hey, man, let's start, our, let's start getting our fingers sized for these rings. Because it's inevitable. The Bills are winning it all this year. Tuatanga Bailoa completes one sixty-five-yard touchdown in a July practice, and they signed Tyreek Hill. And every Miami Dolphins fan on on this side of the of the earth is is just is got something to say. I I, I can't I, were we like this? I understand, and I, I gotta be able to I gotta be able to be transparent. I understand that us as Bills fans, I mean, if you're not a Bills fan, you gotta think that we are a different breed right i mean you got to think we're just the worst i would assume now granted there's got to be aspects of us that you love the tailgate the passion you got to love that but i think that there's elements to our fanhood that can definitely be considered delusional right or at least it used to be now it doesn't feel that way anymore because things are actually happening right the things you say actually can can be backed up but it's so weird to look at What that looks like And how we probably were like that to a degree But I guess social media just wasn't as prevalent Maybe it just wasn't obviously at that time Way back in the day when I was a kid But this is getting out of hand here So my man Dean here Who had, you know, he tweeted that out About, um, you know, the bills falling apart And, you know, he's got this video up the other day of the Tua video of him throwing this 65 yard touchdown here. Here it is. Here's video of Tua talking about Lois, 65 yard touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill, about 50 to 55 yards of airtime. It was a gorgeous ball. I'm not knocking that. I'm not knocking Tua. I'm not knocking the ball. I'm not knocking anything, right? It was a great ball. But as we scroll up here, and and, and he isn't the only one. I saw this everywhere. I'm not I, I want to make that clear. I'm not just pointing out a single uh a single example here. But this one really caught my eye. Dolphins QB to Otonga Bailoa goes viral with 65-yard touchdown to Tyreek Hill in training camp. Why is that worthy of going viral? You want to know why it went viral? Because everybody was ripping on it. It didn't go viral because it was great. It went viral because everybody had a joke about it. Am I wrong? That didn't get 2.6 million views because everybody's stoked that Tyrod, or excuse me, not Tyrod, I got, I got Tyrod on the brain, because everybody's stoked that Tua had a great deep ball. What they're saying is, oh, congrats, Dolphins fans. Tua nailed one deep in July at a closed practice with no pads on. Round of applause. And I just thought it was funny when he said that it went viral because to me, I think it went viral because everybody was like, yeah. Finally, your quarterback's doing things that quarterbacks in the NFL in 2022 should be able to do. And that's complete a deep ball. Josh Allen's throws, his pedestrian deep ball throws aren't viral footage anymore. Why? Because it is, it is routine. It is expected. Tua Tagovailoa throwing a ball like that is so unexpected that it went viral. And I think it went viral probably for all the wrong reasons i'm not even dogging him it was a great ball good for him it was a great ball it wasn't a 2.6 million view ball it made the rounds because everybody was like geez congrats dolphins fans your quarterback finally hit one deep for everybody who wants to see it i I can't do the full screen because when i did the full screen the last time it just shut out but if you go on, if you just google it you know to a deep ball what is rico saying over here I was hyped when I was hyped when Nate Peterman got the start. Show some respect. Yes, yeah, so was I. see, I'm not and I'm not trying to dog, really. I'm really not trying to dog dolphins fans here. Maybe I don't know, maybe a little bit. I don't know, but i, I I'm saying all I'm saying is I know what that feels like, and it's not fun. And looking at it from this perspective now is very. I don't know. It's very interesting. And it's also, it makes me realize if I was like that, which at some point I'm sure I was, and I'm sure a lot of us were, man, it was probably really pathetic. Wasn't it? I mean, I remember going to school and I would say stupid things. And now granted, I don't think I believed any of it, but when the bills were doing things that were above average at the time, which was very few and far between, I'd be like, Oh, look out. You know, the bills might go nine and seven this year. What do you think? I mean, God, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it boys. You know, and, you know, looking back on it, that is just that is just being in, in fanhood purgatory like that is just awful. It sucks. It's not fun. It's not fun. And all I know is if, if, if my quarterback went viral for completing a 65 yard ball for the first time on camera in three years in practice, that wouldn't get me excited. That would get me. I, I don't know. I think I'd be further concerned. Why is, why is this so exciting? The reason it's so exciting is because it happens so few and far between. And to double down on that, not only do we see that, but we see other Dolphins fans, not only take that footage and and kind of run with it. Like it's the second, we just witnessed the second coming, but they take the Allen footage and then try to use that as some sort of, I don't know. Some sort of major asterisk on Josh Allen and the Bills this year because they got into a little bit of they got into a little bit of a tussle. And I'm, I'm not going to play the video because we, we we're I'm going off here. Can't believe it's already quarter to nine. I'm not going to play the video, but you can go watch it on on our, our Twitter channel, Buffalo Fanatics. The other day there was. <laughs> do you want to talk about going viral? You know what? I'm playing it. Whatever. We got time. What the hell was that? I think somebody's cat next door died or something. I don't know what. I don't know what that was. All right, yeah, no full screen. Thank you, Ev. All right, so shout out the Finns tailgate. We tweeted this over at the Buffalo fanatics. I'm not sure who. I would like to guess Bobby probably did this. I would guess. I have no clue, but that's a hunch. Anyhow, speaking of going viral, this video. This is a nice little bit of content here. Got a uh, just under sixty three thousand views. And look at once again. I I, I, all I'm saying here is I know what it's like to feel like this and to drum up these these impossible these impossible theories, these delusional, these delusional. I don't know these. When you're a fan of a team that hasn't been good in so long, and you have aspects that make it seem like you could be good, you drum up all of these insanely far fetched scenarios that make you seem I don't know it's just it's nuts but I know for a fact that we used to do it as Bills fans but now that we're not there it's just odd to look at what look back and see what that truly looks like from a lens that isn't one that is entrenched within that mindset so here's what the boys at the films tailgate had to say and you know take it for what take it for what it is I guess if it would want to play
2: I think it's even easier go. than that. Buffalo Bill fans are are, are kind of like their quarterback. They're poor winners and they're <laughs> and they're getting caught believing you know, smelling their own shit for that reason. And, the, and All right. they're, they're right, seeing the Dolphins a more competitive team.
0: Smelling our own shit. You guys you guys are throwing a parade because who was 65 yard ball went viral and we're the ones smelling our own shit. Who's smelling their own shit. I mean, I get it. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're hyped as hell. Of course we are, but it's not just us bills fans turn on ESPN, NFL network, CBS, you name it. Everybody with a, with a microphone in front of them has the bills at number one right now. Josh Allen, the odds on favorite for MVP, the bills, the odds on favorite to win the Super Bowl. It's not just us. I mean, yeah, you can call us, crazy you can call us you know wild whatever you can say we're um whatever really i don't care you're probably right we've been waiting our whole life for this but it's but we have it it's here and i know that because it's not just bill's fans saying it. anybody with a microphone in front of them and a camera in front of them is saying the same thing a team that for
2: the most of Of time, Other than the Jim Kelly in recent memory, we've kept in their place at the bottom of the division that they're they're looking at us trying to figure, oh, no, you know, you're not coming nowhere. They think they're sitting atop some somewhere. And I'm telling you, they're they're a couple of bad games away from being third in the division if they're not.
0: Nothing. Nothing's broken. I just am at a loss for words. I want to run that part back again, just to make sure.
2: Some somewhere, and I'm telling you, they're they're a couple of bad games away from being third in the division if they're not due. Yeah. Look at, Listen.
0: I, I was I was as delusional as an next. Person, when when the, when the bills weren't good, you know, back in the day, right? I was, I would I would try to come up with any, I would try to come up with any scenario in my mind possible to convince myself the bills were going to make the playoffs. It's all I ever wanted. I mean, you have probably seen the video by now of me and my dad when the bills made the playoffs off the arm of Andy Dalton. I mean, I cried myself to sleep with joy. We soaked ourselves in champagne like it was, you know, the end of the millennium, like it was the greatest thing we'd ever seen. So I understand it. But there was never a moment in time during that era that I said, I'll tell you right now, a couple bad games, New England, could, New England and Tom Brady, they could finish third, maybe fourth. Hell, they're lucky they win the game this year. I mean, there, there are, there's levels to this, right? There's levels to how you try to psych yourself up as a fan for your team, especially when you're on the fence like Miami is. But to take it to that level where you're going to knock the Bills down to third in the division, I understand if you wanted to say second if a meteor hit the stadium and, and, and the Bills dropped a couple games to second. Okay, fine. Please talk to me about how in the hell two teams are finishing over the Bills. There's levels to this. And that to me, I don't even understand how you can possibly even... I don't even know how you can say that. How... I don't. I don't know. I genuinely. I, I, I don't know. I just don't know. I, there was never a time where I was like, you know what, the Patriots. It's like it's like I talked about earlier. It's not. I never looked at the, the Tom Brady bitching at someone on the sideline and was like, you know what, the, the Bills have have replaced them in the East. It's over. I'm just the the whole thing with the with the with the Miami situation right now is just crazy to me because. It's it's just different. It's not just the the Finns tailgate here, and, and God, I love it. I mean, hey, listen. Like I said, I we all used to do this, right? It's just crazy to me how the Bills have become that team that you want to wish so badly to fail. That's the reality. Think back, and I'm not. And once again, because someone, you know. A Dolphins fan or you know, Kevin will probably See this and do some I don't know I Don't I'm not saying the Bills are the Patriots Of the East or whatever I'm not saying that So stop I'm not saying that What I'm saying Is When you look at the current state Of the division The Bills are what 7-1 and one With Josh Allen against The Dolphins 7-1 right And they're currently the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl. Josh Allen's the betting favorite to win the the um, MVP. Like it's it's not just all of us saying this as Bills fans, right? So when you when you take a look back at what New England was doing at their time when they were at the height, right? You know nev- you never got into a, a scenario where you were talking about them falling off like that. And that's just kind of where I get confused here, because. I don't understand how you can lose to the Bills the way you do and watch them get better in the offseason. And then all of this just, all of this nonsense comes out of nowhere. But what I do understand is why, or I, what I do understand, I guess, is the need to do it or the reasoning behind it. Because we all used to do it with the New England Patriots. And once again, the Bills are not the New England Patriots. Nobody will be the New England Patriots of the East or the AFC until I'm proved otherwise. For all we know, it could be a a once-in-a-lifetime thing that we see the, the run in which New England had. But what I'm saying is, during that time, all we did was try to find reasons to hate New England on top of the fact that they were just flat out better than us. You know, oftentimes you didn't want to look in the mirror and just say, man, the Patriots are just better than us in every facet. They're better than us personnel-wise, ownership-wise, coaching-wise. I mean, you name it. There isn't a thing. There isn't a thing the Bills are better at than New England, right? So you would... Find the video of Brady ripping McDaniels apart and, deuce, and make it seem like it was something it's not. You'd, you'd read into the fact that Tom Brady was deflating footballs and make it seem like he was cheating the game. You'd read into the fact that Belichick was filming, what, the, 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 some team, who was it, the, the, the Bengals at the time? You look into him filming practice thinking that they're cheating, and that's why they win all the time. The reality of the situation is just we were never nearly as good as them, and they were way better, and they kicked our ass. You're in, and year out. So we had to find ways to bitch about them and make them look bad because we couldn't beat them. That's what this is. So I get it. It's just weird to be the team on the other end of things. It's weird to be the team that everybody hates. It's weird to have the quarterback that everybody hates, not because he's a a bad person. It's because he's good. And I love it. Moving on. We are going to talk about those Buffalo Bills and the expectations that they have this season. Not only just from us, but from everybody. Because like I said, I am the first to admit that I will take it to the nth degree when it comes to things. And we're not the only ones. Hell, you know, Pierre, you ask him every year, it wouldn't matter if I was playing quarterback. Pierre's got us going 17-0. Right? That's just the way we are. A lot of us are, at least. I tried. I try to be, you know, as real as I can. But I went through. What did I, I went through the schedule with Rev a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, ah, oh, win, 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 win. You know how it goes. You know how it goes. So I get it, right? So when people lay things out into perspective for you, like I'm about to show you, and kind of make you think a little bit deeper about the Bills' expectations this year, it's refreshing, because sometimes you need to be taken down a peg. When you are as diehard fans as we are, you need to be taken down a peg and you need to be given a dose of reality in order to really be mentally prepared for what's coming this season. Because the expectations that we have set are dramatically, dramatically high, higher than anything that I've ever witnessed in my life. And you know what happens when the expectations are sky high, they fall even harder if you don't hit them. And that's not, I'm not here to, to gear up for a letdown. I'm just saying that outside of being a bills fan, There are different ways to look at the bills and their expectations this coming season. And they do make sense. And I think as bills fans, it's healthy to look at that perspective and try and look deeper into these expectations and how perhaps the bills do reach them in ways that they weren't able to a season ago. Before we touch on that though, a quick word from our friends over at dynasty owner fantasy football, baby. It's starting up soon. I got my draft Sunday night. I can't wait football season means fantasy football season that's what makes the fall so great and it gets even better with our friends over at dynasty owner you've never experienced fantasy football quite like this unlike the other fantasy football platforms dynasty owner uses real nfl salaries and salary cap bench scoring clutch scoring systems and a variety of other options to make dynasty owner unlike any other fantasy football experience you've ever had Do you have what it takes to be the best dynasty owner in the league? Download the dynasty owner app on the app store or Google play today to find out dynasty owner, baby, go check them out in the app store or the Google play store. You are not going to be able to find a better fantasy football platform this year. Then Dynasty owner, 166 strong and growing in here right now. I absolutely love it. Keep those comments coming. You guys are awesome. You're really active tonight. It is the bomb. That must mean football is right around the corner. Do me a favor. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. I know the majority of you already have, but do it. And hit that bell, of course, too, because we have much more content coming rapidly as the season approaches. So you're going to want to be up to date with all of that. Throw it a like, too. Helps the algorithm not only for us, but you, because the more you like Bill's content, the more Bill's content comes your way on the YouTube algorithm. So, like I said, you know, I can sit here and talk about, oh, you know, the Miami fans are delusional and whatever else. And, you know, they are, but so, so are 99.9% of all football fans, right? It's just fun to, you know, you know, it's fun to poke around at at elements of it from your rival, right? New England, uh, whoever, the Jets, Miami, in particular, right now, because you know, th- right now the Patriots fans they've gotten real quiet. Obviously, you don't lose forty-seven to. What I am mean, I got the shirt on right here? The perfect game shirt. You know, you don't lose like you do to the Bills in the playoffs here and run your mouth. You just don't do it. And then the Jets are the Jets, so you don't really hear from anybody in the East because it would just be a fool's errand. But Miami, you know, they are the only team in the East who would have the ability to at least have. Some ammunition at their disposal to run their mouth a bit. Not anything to do with the bills straight up because they haven't touched them seven and one under Josh Allen, but they have a hell of a roster right now, and I'm not dogging that. You know how my my feelings are on that. I, it all comes down to Tua and how he is able to carry this team this year. This roster is no joke. Miami's roster, absolutely no joke. But you know my thoughts on that. I'll believe it when I see it from Tua Taga Bailoa. So I understand why Miami is that team to do it. And it's fun to look at things. And it's you know, it's fun to look at the other side of things that I think we might've been entrenched in back in the day, but we're not there anymore. We are at the stage now where the only person that you can really criticize is yourself at this point, right? You're in a very elite category. I mean, maybe you're John with your buddy who's a chiefs fan. Who's got some stuff on you, right? Because they've knocked us out of the playoffs twice or uh i don't know maybe you're you're john with a a buccaneers fan who's got brady on his team but it's an elite category of teams right now that the bills are currently in where you know you can run your mouth anybody outside of that it's kind of tough to argue with them right now right or it's tough for them to argue with you right because what, what leg do they have to stand on david coming in here by the way oh god david don't bring that up that was like the early, the early game for Josh Allen, where it was like, "Oh my God, dude, what? He's gonna make this comeback happen? What a play!" I mean, you remember Allen scrambling out of pressure to get open, and he's got he's got Charles Clay wide open. I mean, there's not a soul within a mile, of Clay, and he, he what he falls on his chest at the goal line. I almost threw up. And 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 this is the back to the point of like just how crazy, like this is just back to the point of how wild we get as as football fans. I think the Bills were like four games under five hundred at that time. Maybe even worse. Like that game didn't matter worth a damn, but we just wanted to win it that badly, right? And that game, I still remember. Oh my God. Dave's right. I mean, yeah, Allen did throw it short, but it was off his back foot running towards the sideline. He just got out of pressure. It had to be caught the whole th- that that oh that that was a sickening sequence back in the day there so like i was talking about you know we're in this class right now where it's it's the bills have gotten so good compared to anything that we could have ever expected right and now of course that's bleeding into the mainstream media into the majority of nfl fans mindset oh it's the bills right the bills super bowl favorite allen mvp favorite bills best roster in the league perhaps right Bills potentially finish with the best record according to the Vegas odds. All these things, and everybody's buying into it. Bills fans, NFL fans, major media, uh, you know, talking heads, whoever, doesn't matter. Everybody's on it, right? So it's been a while since I think anybody has really put into perspective those expectations and how they could be, you know, perhaps a bit inflated perhaps a bit harder to reach than we think. I really like this tweet from uh, Warren sharp over at at sharp, sharp football. I think I just said sharp football. Sorry, Warren over at sharp at sharp football on Twitter. You know, Warren's a insanely smart guy. Great follow on Twitter. If you don't already follow him, definitely recommend it. Always has good content. Now he comes out here with a great video that I thought, you know, it did a really good job of showing how good the bills are but also their weaknesses that need to be addressed this season if they do indeed want to go the distance and reach the expectations that everybody has for them. I'm going to play the clip here from Warren. I'm going to play the clip here from Warren. Come on, Warren, what the hell? Let's do a quick refresh. It's good, I promise. Now, mind you, I should preface this. Take, you know, listen to it with an open mind. That's all I'll say.
1: Let's talk about the number one team in the NFL this year based on projections in the offseason, and that's the Buffalo Bills. Do you know that this team last season played the number one easiest schedule in the NFL? They played only six games versus teams that made the playoffs, which was the second lowest total number of any team in the league last year. And in those games, they only won two out of the six games. They went 7-0 and last year if they won the turnover battle, but four wins out of 10 games if they did not win the turnover battle. And now they have the second largest increase in strength of schedule compared to any other team in the NFL for 2022. I understand based on roster construction and how good they've been that this is one of the strongest teams for the 2022 football season, but they have to make some improvements if they're going to expect to win the Super Bowl this season. And I know a lot of people have really high expectations and think that they're clear and far away the best team in the AFC. i got to tell you, it is going to be a major dogfight in the AFC. I don't know that I would put any futures bets on the Buffalo Bills right now. I just don't think that there's enough value on this team. I love this team. Don't get me wrong. But there are some things to be concerned about for this upcoming season.
0: I don't disagree with a single thing he said. I don't disagree with a single thing that he said. Let's start with the with the tail end there, what he said. He goes, I wouldn't put any future bets on the Bills, meaning I wouldn't bet on them to win the Super Bowl. There's not enough value. There isn't. In fact, this is probably the worst year to ever bat on the Bills winning the Super Bowl because they're the favorite. The value isn't there. It would have been fun to bet on them, you know, maybe last year, two years ago, when you're like the sixth or seventh favorite because the juice is by far worth the squeeze. You are going to cash in. When you're the favorite in anything future-wise, you know, favorites on the weekend game, you know, for a game-to-game basis, obviously. But oftentimes, the favorite is a tough bet. The favorite oftentimes doesn't go the distance. The other point he makes... And I don't know if everybody is saying that. I don't know if I feel this way. I don't know if I personally feel this way. I don't know how many of you guys feel this way. I don't think that they're the clear-cut running away with the AFC team. I think they're one of, if not the best team in the AFC. Definitely top two. Have you seen the AFC? I don't think any rational Bills fan, including myself, looks at their schedule in the AFC and says, yep, running away with it. No, they're, they're not. So he's right there. Now maybe there's some people who are saying that I'm sure of course there are, right obviously. But I don't think that at all. They definitely have one of if not the best chance to go the distance. They definitely have the team to take the AFC and get the one seed, especially when you look at how weak their division is. I think they have a terrific shot, probably the best chance. Like Davis coming in here, they're the best they're the best AFC team on paper. I don't think I'd have an argument against it. But the game is played on the field, and we know this. And last year, the Bills lost every single one possession game that they were in, every single one. I've talked to you about this. This, to me, was the one big thing, and I think he could have added that to his list here. When I talked to you guys not too long ago about what I want to see played out differently this coming season, that, to me, was topic number one. That was emphasis number one. You cannot lose these down-to-the-wire games week in and week out and expect to go the distance. You simply can't. Now, granted, it would be next to impossible to lose every single one-score game this season and last season. Thanks, Dave, coming in 0-6 to be um on the on the money here. Dave's correct. 0-6 in one-score games last year. 0-6. And they were right there every time. I and mean, we know this. Obviously, they not only they were one-score, but they were, I mean, they were right there every single time. Like. To the point where it was just sickening every damn time they lost one of those games, right? They still lost them. And you look at this season, the difference between one of those games being the one seed and one of those games being the third or fourth seed is about this. We know this. Case in point. Week one, you lose on a block punt to a Pittsburgh Steelers team that was ass, right? Big Ben, halfway out the door. The only thing saving that entire team was the defense and the coaching of Mike Tomlin. They somehow crawl into the playoffs. The Bills are twice the team the Steelers were. They didn't show up week one. They lost on a block punt. Had the Bills won that game, they play the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Or excuse me, they play the Chiefs at home, not Arrowhead. Who knows how much of a difference that makes. If Josh Allen doesn't trip and fall on... The five yard line with a yard to go to get a first down in Nashville, and they beat Tennessee. They have another home game in the playoffs. They win both those games. They're the one seed. They get a bye. That's how much these things matter. So when Warren Sharp is saying, you can't look at the Bills and say they just run away with it. Absolutely. Now, maybe I'm just being biased on my own convictions here, but I really don't know how many people I've come across who think the Bills just run away with the AFC. This is the best this conference maybe has ever been. It is ludicrous. It is just disgusting how good the AFC is. The Bills just happen to be the best team in it. Doesn't mean they run away with it. It's going to be very tough. You've seen that schedule? You know it. Ronald coming in here, the loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars was a low point. Don't even want to talk about it. You ain't kidding. I mean, right there. I mean, think about how much different the year is. You beat a bottom feeder in Jacksonville instead of dropping the worst loss I think that could potentially ever be on the record of Josh Allen and Sean McDermott. I'm not kidding. I mean, we're going to look back at that game. How the hell you lose to Urban Mike. My- I mean, I'm not going to get into this. I'm not. I'm just saying you win that game, which you win 99 out of 100. That happened to be the one you drop. You don't get your punt blocked against Pittsburgh and don't absolutely crap your pants week one. And Allen doesn't trip and fall, you know, on a QB sneak, a complete fluke play. Maybe maybe, maybe I have a, you know, the Super Bowl banner behind me right now. You just don't know. But that's how this game is. That's the beauty and the curse of the NFL, baby, right there. This game of inches. There you go. Three different examples of inches. And that's what Warren's saying, I think, right there. The other point he's bringing up here that I don't know if I necessarily was, you know, privy to, the biggest jump in schedule in, in schedule increase as far as competition is concerned. That's no joke. That's no joke. The Bills had a worse record last year than the year before playing an easier schedule. But what's not being into take what's not being taken into consideration right now from Warren is the fact that the Bills' roster this year is significantly better, in my opinion, especially on defense. So, things are going to definitely balance out. Yes, the schedule is more difficult, but they have the right tools, the adequate tools, the adequate personnel in order to compensate for it. But it definitely is a leap, for sure. Now, however, there's other aspects of, you know, the Bills situation that benefit them, being in the AFC East. Never been a better time to be in the AFC East, to be in the situation that the Bills are currently in, right? Right you look across that AFC and out of the 16 teams in it, three of the worst are in the AFC East. That is a big deal, but outside the AFC East, these games for the Bills this year are tough, but that's what makes them so great. That's what makes me so excited. But of course we know we gotta be rational here. We have got to be realistic. We know looking at that schedule, it's not gonna be an easy task. But it is reassuring. It is reassuring knowing the personnel the Bills have and the fact that they are built for this type of success. The fact that Josh Allen is emerged into the guy that is meant to be feared, the guy that can win you a game single-handedly, the guy that you can rely on. Josh Allen's not going to go 0-6 in one possession game this year. I can promise you that. He should have won the last one he was in. The divisional game against the chiefs he won that game his team let him down jason ends coming in here saying z-bot have faith nobody's got more faith than me jason i've never been more all into my life i swear to god all i'm saying here is it is it is refreshing every once in a while when you see something like what warren posted here to take it all in right we have been running so gung-ho on such a high we have never been a, i mean don't get me wrong you know it i've said it a million times nobody loves it more than me man i am absolutely juiced up on all of the bills love that everybody's dishing out i've never seen anything like it in my life it's overwhelming at times i can't even wrap my head around it half the time i absolutely love it that's why a tweet like this is good to see every once in a while you know it's it's kind of like it's kind of like going on a week bender drinking with the boys going nuts and then finally you know uh, the sunday hits and you wake up and you have a, a meal with some vegetables in it and a pediolite. Yeah you're definitely going to go out partying with the boys again at some point Right it's going to happen again But you needed a reset you need to give your you needed to give your body and your mind a break This to me, when I saw this tweet, was a nice mind break. It was a nice refresher to say, okay, you have got to, as this season approaches, keep everything into perspective because I know how I am. I'm sure a lot of people are like you here are like this too. You can get so carried away that you don't, that you lose sight of aspects of this team that maybe weren't the greatest. And I just like how he put all these things into perspective because the way I look at it, right, everything he said was completely accurate. But there's also elements to the team, the team currently for the Bills that are able to make up for it, to make up for these inadequacies that he's speaking on. That's what makes them perhaps the greatest team in the, in the league right now. What he's saying isn't false, But to counteract these problems, I personally look at the Bills right now and I think that during this offseason and these last couple years, they have done everything they've needed to do to get to the point in which they have earned the right to be the Super Bowl favorite. I think Josh Allen has currently earned the right to be at the top of the MVP conversation. That's how I see things. It doesn't mean that what he said is wrong, right? And it doesn't mean that us as fans can't, Every once in a while, take a nice little bask in a bit of reality, I guess. Now, look, looking back on what he's saying here, too, the easiest schedule last year didn't feel like it, did it? But this year, you can look at that schedule and know damn well that's not even close to the easiest schedule. Looking back at last year, it didn't feel like it was all that easy. But the one thing that stood out here to, the most to me was... uh the fact that they only won four of ten games not winning the turnover battle. It's just another element I think that I look at with this team this year and think, okay, yeah, that's true, but I look at this defense and it just only got better. It only got better. Another thing you look at, too, here when you do see something like that is, well, it's an aspect of this team that Josh Allen can't win for you, right? Right. It's an aspect of the bills that cannot be saved by the arm of Josh Allen. So that was an interesting tidbit. I didn't know that. I did not know the bills only won four or 10 games when not winning the turnover battle. Just goes to show you though, how dominant they are when both sides of the ball are clicking because on paper, they have the two best units in the league on both sides of the ball. I think all Warren is saying here is, you know, he didn't say the bills weren't the best team in the league. He pretty much flat out said they are. He's just saying, hey, you know, they're the best team in the league. But the reality of the situation here is this is not going to be an easy task for Buffalo this year. And I agree with him. But they're ready for it. That's how I see it. I thought Warren made some good points. Like I said, nice every once in a while to just. <sighs> back to reality. And then when the season starts back up, I'm sure it's back to la la land. Right in the high that is the current Buffalo Bills. Hour 18 is how long we have logged so far, and it's been going great. Buck 46 in the house right now. Appreciate every single one of you joining in tonight. We're just a few short days away from the first preseason game. I will be at training camp Thursday going with my dad, very excited. Hopefully no fights break out, but if there are, I'll be there to cover it. Best fan site on the web we will be there to cover it. Evan will be there with me. That'll be fun. I'm looking forward to going and checking out the boys, get back to Fisher. Been a bit since I've been out there, so that'll be exciting. And then, of course, they have the scrimmage Friday. That's when we're going to get a real good look at – well, not a real good look, I guess, but an authentic look at, you know, both units squaring up as opposed to what we've seen out on the practice field. You get a real authentic look at, you know, what we can expect to see personnel-wise perhaps out on the field and, you know, frankly, just get a little bit of Bills football back in your blood. I love that. Uh, a couple more things I want to touch on here before we close up shop. Um, interesting, interesting, interesting bit of social media from Bill's legendary wide receiver Andre Reed. Not what I was expecting to see the other day, especially from somebody like Andre Reed, who I maybe I just I don't know. I didn't I didn't I wasn't aware of the fact that Andre Reed was an Instagram user. I guess I, I don't know. Who isn't now these days, though, I guess? I don't really use Instagram anymore, but apparently Andre Reed does. And Andre Reed was spending some time with another wide receiver that is a household name that isn't named. Andre Reed. He was spending some time with Odell Beckham Jr. OBJ and Andre Reed posing for a pick together. And Andre Reed's caption really stood out. Andre Reid captions his picture with OBJ saying, how would OBJ look in red, white, and blue? Well, I would imagine he'd look good seeing that that was the color scheme of the Giants, and he looked pretty good while he was there, I would say. He looked better there than he ever looked anywhere else. Him and Vaughn running it back in Buffalo. Let's just say we had a good convo last night in Atlantic City. Let's just say we had a good convo last night in Atlantic City. It's not all that cryptic. Andre Reid basically just told you without actually saying it, he was recruiting OBJ to come to the Bills in Atlantic City. Now, that could mean something. That could mean absolutely nothing. I just thought it was interesting. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. this late in the season has yet to sign with anybody, including the LA Rams, who he is yet to re sign with. Now, of course, OBJ injured in the Super Bowl. He won't be ready to go. I had given my thoughts on this a while ago. I'm not, a, I'm not the biggest OBJ guy, never have been, probably never will. But um, I'd be an absolute fool to not sign up for this right now. You know, I was just talking about the way the AFC is laid out. I was just talking about the Bills roster and, you know, currently and 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 how it's built for to go the distance. I mean, you know, yeah, you got the, you got the Bills mafia FUQS coming in. We don't need him. No, maybe we don't. We probably don't. It's not, it's not necessary. I don't think it would hurt. You know, I don't think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers needed Julio Jones still went out and got him. I mean, that's just what these teams do. You know, frankly, I don't even know if the Rams needed Odell Beckham Jr. last year, but they went out and got him, and he was a pivotal player in that Super Bowl. I mean, I'm not sitting here advocating for it. I'm not pounding the table for it. But, hey, if Andre Reid's going to give subtle hints here and it winds up panning out and it happens, I'm not going to be pissed about it. There was a point in time where I thought I might be. There was a point in time where I was in definite agreement over here with, with the Bills Mafia, uh, Q, uh, QS, where he's saying we don't need him. I was feeling the same way. But you start to look around here and all these teams just add, they just, they just go out and add. They go out and, and, and add veterans. They add pieces to the puzzle, even if they don't need an extra piece. Everybody just seems to do it. I'm not even saying he would be heavy in the rotation. I mean, yeah, you got Bills, you got Buffalo fans seven one six. Allen Diggs, Davis, Beckham, Knox, and Cook would be absolutely unstoppable. Yeah, of course it would. But even if you took Beckham out of there, it's still a hell of a still a hell of a lineup, right? And you got Crowder, you got McKenzie, who, by the way, I'm gonna talk about that in a second. McKenzie is getting a hell of a lot of coverage in regard to how well he is playing in this training camp, and nothing makes my heart happier. Oh my God, I love it. A lot of talent on this Bill's offense but it's kind of like money. You could have all the money in the world and you still wouldn't turn down more if someone offered it to you. And I'm not saying this is going to happen. Not saying it should happen. Frankly, I don't even know if there's anything to this at all. Andre Reed could have just had a couple of martinis, maybe one too many. Took a picture with OBJ and thought it'd be fun to talk his ear off about coming to Buffalo and throw up an Instagram pic. We've all been there, right? We've all done that. I would prefer Reed coming back from retirement. I, you know, I will tell you right now, look, look at Andre right now, man, he looks like he could throw the pads on. He looks good. All those guys do, really. All those, all, all those guys do. They're all, they all look great. I'm just saying, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. It would not. And then I think a lot, a lot of, a lot of my mindset was, you know. It's been altered watching where the Bills are and what is what these teams recently have done when they get to this stature, where they just go out and they get veterans and they add pieces that might not be necessary, but you do it anyways to just have a full arsenal in your pursuit of the Super Bowl, right? We've seen this. Tom Brady really kicked it off. He really started this whole this whole schematic way of winning games and going the distance when he went to Tampa Bay and all the veterans followed him. Then the Rams did it. And then you just look, you know, last week. I don't know what Julio Jones has left, right? I don't know. Maybe nothing. But I bet you Tom Brady will get the last few ounces of whatever he does have left out of him. I guarantee it. Why not? And you look at you look at Julio Jones, he's made his money. The hell does he care? He's never won a ring. Shit, I'll, I'll go play for the veteran minimum with Brady and have a, have a terrific chance to win the NFC. He probably looks at it. Okay, what do we got to do? You got to get past the Rams. We probably walked to the NFC Championship. Why wouldn't I go play with, with Tom Brady and try to get it done? Maybe Odell Beckham Jr. looks at Josh Allen and the Bills and says the same thing. Just thought it was interesting. Andre Reid, one of the all-time great Bills with Odell. No, it'd be different. if you, Honestly, it'd be completely different if we just threw up a picture with him. It was like, hey, ran into Odell. He wasn't, he wasn't being all that secretive here. Let's just say we had a good convo last night in Atlantic City. To have been a fly on the wall in that room, I would have loved to have heard that conversation. Truly, I really would. Seriously, I wonder what he said. This is how I imagine this went down. Look, Odell. Odds on favor to win the Super Bowl. Josh Allen, probably the best quarterback in the league right now. You're gonna be paired up with Diggs and one of the better younger wide receivers in Gabe Davis. You're going to be back with your boy, Von Miller, who you went and joined the team with and got it done and won a a ring with. Those mafia would accept you with open arms. They'd love you. You'd be a hit as long as you embraced them, right? What do you say you go out to Buffalo and get it done? Would have loved to have heard whatever he said. I'm sure it was great. Uh, What else do we got here? There was one more thing I think I wanted to touch on. Was there not? Oh, yeah, just just uh, so we'll do a little some brief recaps from the week that was in the first week of the Bills training camp. First week in the books already. Second week kicked off today. And like I mentioned, uh, there is the scrimmage Friday night and then 12 days from tonight, I believe, is the Bills first preseason game. And I believe that is against the Colts, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double check on that. I'm almost positive. Um, all I know is that is, I think it's what is the date on that? The 13th, yeah. Today's the first, so that would be the 13th. I believe it is home, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, four o'clock, Saturday the 13th. Colts at the Bills is when the Bills kick off their preseason, uh, sl- slate of games, but until then we still have a few more practices at st john fisher and a week's worth of them are in the books i have been hearing nothing but you know outside of the the fight heard around the world i really haven't heard much of anything but great stuff coming out of the camp and i'm hearing things about guys that i really wanted to hear positive things about you know that has been the most noticeable aspect of this training camp to me let's start with my guy isaiah mckenzie you know I don't know if anybody on, on earth has been more, singing his praises more than the, than the boys here at Buffalo fanatics. Truly. I really don't. Um, I love him. I always have. I just think he's great. I think he's completely underrated and completely underutilized. And, um, uh, ac- according to sources who are at these practices, watching him involved in this offense, that's no longer the case. He is making it happen out on the field. Currently is slated right now as the starting slot receiver. And based on the eyewitnesses at the, at the camp practices, he is lighting it up, making play after play. Bill's Twitter account the other day, actually themselves put up an awesome video of a back of the end zone catch from Isaiah McKenzie, uh, which I thought was awesome. This to me, just this right here, it, it, it's, what I, it's what I talk about all the time with Isaiah McKenzie. It's, it's its the fact that he can do it all. Not only is he a burner, you can, you can do a, a variety of things in the backfield with him. You can literally line him up anywhere. You can have him go deep if you need him. You can have him scale the sideline if you need it. You can have him run intermediate crossing patterns, which I think would be best served for him. I think that's where he thrives the most. The screen game, you can get him involved in um, – in bootlegs, reverses. The guy can just do a little bit of everything. He's also got a great pair of hands. And right here in coverage, back of the end zone, you can see that on display. First of all, what a freaking ball. You know, you know, forty-eight point a modest view amount, by the way. You don't see that getting 2.5 million views. It didn't go viral. Because it's expected. It is expected. And... It is frequent. What a catch! What a ball! What a catch! Another angle here. God, Alan, with that visor. Please just wear it during the season. Just wear it all time, would you? Just looking like a damn superhero. Anyway, uh, that's an even better view here. Look, so you got, first of all love this. Oh, look at this! This beautiful pump fake. Whoop! Back to midfield. A laser. I mean, what a catch! What a catch! So that's just one example. Isaiah McKenzie really lightened it up. And the caption here too is what I love. This connection is becoming a trend. Well, let's hope it's a trend that continues throughout the season. Because I love me some Isaiah McKenzie. And it looks like he is really, really off to a great start in this camp. Wanted to come back up here and put this up here. I just saw this from Jay and This is cool, man. Z-Bot checking in from Alaska. How cool is that, man? How about that? J-Dub, all the way out in Alaska, tuning into the Fanatics tonight. I'm getting on a plane tomorrow and coming home, catching the Colts preseason, and taking my kid to Kids Day versus the Broncos. Can't wait to be home. Dude, that is awesome. J-Dub, thanks for tuning into the show tonight. Thanks for the message. Safe travels up here to Buffalo. That is freaking awesome, man. Hope you and uh, hope you and your kid enjoy the preseason game, man. So cool! I love seeing stuff like that. Shout out, J Dub. Appreciate you, man. Super cool. So I love the preseason. Like, well, not not I guess personally, right? The preseason aspect for me, it's like just I like it because obviously I've told you this a million times. You, you you get ready for the season with it, but I love what it does for the kids, man. I really do. They they, they do a great job. Of taking care of the kids and the little the little fans, which I love because that is where your fanhood starts. That's, I know that's where mine started. Like JA the other day, giving those two uh, those two kids at the at training camp who didn't have they didn't bring any memorabilia with them to get signed. JA's like, got you. Takes off his cleats, signs them, gives them to the kids. Man, like they'll never forget that. I love that stuff. And uh, JDub bringing his kids all the way out from Alaska. To catch, you, uh, to catch a preseason game, never forget it, man. So cool. Love that stuff. So uh, some other things from training camp that I've noticed that have stuck out. Apparently, not only is it that uh, Isaiah McKenzie is having himself a great camp early on here, Ed Oliver apparently is just an absolute beast out on the, uh, on the field. And I thought, he had a, I thought he had a real emerging year last year. You all know my man Rev, who's currently in the chat right now watching. Make sure to watch him on Wednesday nights now we moving to Wednesday nights so we can free up some space for that Thursday night football. Mm, can't wait, even though it's on Amazon Prime. I like it. I got Amazon Prime. I feel like it's 2022. You have to have it. If you don't have it, get it. I mean, the two-day shipping will change your life. Anyhow, I'm not getting paid to endorse them. My only gripe with that is I just hope that it doesn't lag. The only thing I like about cable above anything with the streaming networks is you don't get any lag. It's the only thing I like about it. Like, streaming kicks Cable's ass in every other category, but you don't get lag. Like, sometimes when I got to watch the, the game on a stream, you get that choppiness. I'm not here for it. Can't – I won't deal with it. Anyhow, Rev, moving to Wednesday nights. Check him out on Wednesday. But Rev, speaking of the devil, um, you know, he's a guy who's really heavy right now on Ed Oliver coming into this year. And looks like he, so far, has hit the nail on the head because Ed Oliver – not only is he showing up in a big way currently uh in the training camp practices early on here, but he has also developed a great relationship with Von Miller early on here uh in training camp. Matthew Beauvais, a uh the sports director over at WKBW, awesome Bill's uh reporter, constantly has good content. Make sure to go follow him at Matt underscore B O V E. He has a great video clip here that I'll share earlier, um, that he posted earlier, rather, of Von Miller and Ed Oliver just being boys, man, hogging it out, laughing, having a good time. And Matt says, much has been made of Von Miller's impact on the young DNs, but he's quickly become close with Ed Oliver. These two are spending plenty of time working with each other at practice mitch morse said oliver and miller lining up next to each other is a cheat code i mean does that not get your blood just going love that video clip thanks again to to matt povey for posting that out on his twitter a cheat code says mitch morse and guess what Mitch Morris is the one who has to block him. So he would know. B Bowers, what's up, baby? Long time no see. Shout out my man, Brian Bowers. You know football's back when we're starting to get some of the OGBF regulars. Might have taken the offseason off a little bit. I don't blame him. You, you need a tea break every now and then. A football tolerance break. But it's good to see Brian Bowers back in the chat. I'm sure we'll see him regular and often throughout the year as we always do with so many of you guys throughout the season. I just can't wait. So close. But um, yeah, I mean that is just terrifying in the most exciting way to hear something like that. This to me was going to be one of the biggest elements to bringing Von Miller into this team. It was going to be not only what he puts out on the field, but what he brings to all those around him, especially those who are younger, who could benefit from that veteran presence. And right now, we're seeing it on full display. And Ed Oliver, who already has the ability to be a terrific, terrific player for this Bills team, and we've seen flashes of that, has developed the relationship with the future Hall of Famer, Von Miller. And we got Mitch Morris, who's lining up ahead of him, saying it's a cheat code. I mean, so, I just get, get it here now. I need to see it in action. I cannot wait sweet god i mean tweets like that it's not even fair to read them because it just gets you so damn amped and you're like how the hell are we supposed to wait even longer i mean yeah we got we we got my man bill's mafia f-u-q-s coming in he's like i feel sorry for Tua and and mac jones and and, and it's like yeah like if, if that's gonna be the case like who wouldn't i would feel sorry for anybody because if this D-line winds up hitting the way it can, the way it's built to be this year, right, the way that this defensive personnel has been structured, the expectation for this Bills D is sky high, and that's coming off a year where they finished number one, right? I mean, come on. And it's even better, especially the D-line. I mean, this D-line has through-the-moon expectations. And if it does wind up meeting those expectations, look out. Anybody, anybody. Anybody lining up under center is going to have rough outings. If guys like Ed Oliver click alongside Von Miller and it's good to see they have been early on here. Awesome stuff. I think we're going to end it there. You guys know I'm a big, better call Saul guy. And that's on tonight. And the episode is called breaking bad no spoilers. because I don't want to give any away to people who haven't finished the show yet, but you can put two, two and two together. Tonight's going to be an all-timer, and I'm about to go home and watch that, and I'm I'm so excited. I can't wait. But not as excited as I am to be back here with you again next week. I'm going to Bill's training camp Thursday morning, so I will have a ton of personal observations and coverage that I'm going to be bringing your way next week, so you are not going to want to miss the smoke break next Monday and Evan, my producer, he is going to be there as well. He's going to be there tomorrow throughout the week and Thursday. So I'm thinking next Monday, Evan, I'm going to have him join me throughout the majority of the show. And we're just going to hash it up by what we saw in person during training camp. Cause you know, it's one thing to go and read everybody else's observations and watch things on Twitter, but it's a whole other thing when you see it in person. And I'm excited to get back out there and check it out with my own eyes, baby. And I'm going to be delivering to you. My observations. Evan will join me as well. What Rev Rhodes said. Rico reports tomorrow. Make sure to tune in to my man Rico, who is back, baby. He's back from hiatus. He's back live on Tuesdays. Then make sure to get in with Rev on Wednesday. We got it coming at you all angles up until the season. And, of course, all throughout the season here at Buffalo Fanatics. See you next Monday night for some more smoke break with those in-person observations from camp. Enjoy Friday night scrimmage if you're going, and enjoy the Thursday night Hall of Fame game. Football's back, baby. I love it. Go Bills. Where's the thumbnail? There it is. Have a good night, everybody. Sick of being upsold at gyms?